Welcome, alien overlords, to your Secret Invasion podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me is the reptiloid who has assumed the visage of Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, listeners. Uh, So glad to be able to talk to everybody. Now with a confirmed date for Marvel's Secret Invasion. Pete, what is that date? You know, when last we spoke about Secret Invasion, it was the days before New Year's Eve. We were expecting scenarios where possibly it's a January or February. But what has the date ended up being? So uh, a couple, what was it, a week ago, uh, briefly visible on Disney Plus on the landing page was uh, June 21st and confirmed by last night's trailer. Uh, Wednesday, June 21st, the six-episode run of Secret Invasion will bow. And, Pete, all of this amidst a, a an epic backdrop, almost a la, if you think the, the Thor in-universe, you know, plays in which they do stage productions of Thor stories. Let me set this, let me open the curtain here for you, okay? Here we are. Since last we spoke Secret Invasion... Uh, substantially back in December. Okay, since then, Quantumania, viewed as a critical audience and financial fizzle, Victoria Alonso out at Marvel Studios for working on another project with permission or not permission, for standing up for minority rights, maybe both, court intrigue there. Ike Perlmutter, who, you know, once upon a time did save Marvel from bankruptcy, but also has been a, a thorn in the side of Disney since he sold Marvel to Disney back in the day. He has been shown the door. Uh, and then we also have all these kind of Marvel dates pushed back, you know, Blade in trouble, uh, Marvel's, the Marvel's pushed back to November and all of that. Are we going through Marvel fatigue, superhero fatigue? Pete whispers, does the Fiji have no clothes? So with all of this, Secret Invasion comes this June, perhaps, along with the Guardians of the Galaxy, to save the brand. I don't know. Your thoughts? Add to that Victoria Alonso discussion that she had been the producer principally in charge of supervising special effects. And Marvel's name in the industry right now, one, because of the sheer amount of special effects their uh, productions entail, And two, because of the turnaround they're demanding and the burnout in that subset of the industry, I think the the greatest factor here in Secret Invasion sliding as late into the year, I mean, Matt, this was supposed to be a early 2023 situation. The point we were prepped at one point possible late 2022 and here we are i mean goodness (laughs) disney's never backed off a date right matt well i mean you say that of course with some sarcasm there there's been what date changes to andor date changes to the mandalorian so it's not it certainly is not unheard of and in and of itself look as i've said before the benefit of not announcing a date 
six months out, a year out, not doing what was needed for The Force Awakens, which was a statement, a call from the mountaintop. This comes in one year's time. Part of the benefit is real life can happen, whether it's, you know, somehow related to COVID now or COVID onset kicks you back a month in production, uh, other considerations uh, in production, post-production, whatever it might be. So point being, Pete, I don't know that the average um, viewer of Marvel stuff on Disney Plus is necessarily aware that there's been this delay of, you know, a number of months, but that doesn't change the fact that there's been a delay and that when there first was footage of this, it was clearly to kind of to light them because I think that was last September. It was clearly to kind of light the match to get you ready for the next big trailer to get you to watch it versus, you know, kind of that whole PR advertising timeline has fallen apart since first footage was shown. I think fair to mention too, and not a Marvel situation, a entire Hollywood situation on two fronts. One, the very real possibility and Matt today the authorization of a potential strike vote for the Writers Guild of America um, so that further adds to what we've talked about across our podcast feeds of streamer slowdown because understand the, the last strike that we had 2009 and what the conditions would be. You can go into production, but no changes can be made. Uh, it is completely commonplace to have the writer on set and Hey, we didn't like that take. Um, I think my character would say this. All right. Hey, let's bring the writer over. Boo, 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 boo. That is now typed now because of the way it works now there you go scripts would be locked they can shoot so you know the famous example of uh star trek 09 shot from a locked script okay uh no changes made all worked out but you know this this is a real possibility the streaming slowdown you know independent of that the largesse of content if a strike were to happen and last any length of time, it's going to be about, well, what do you have in the can ready to go? Well, and here's what Marvel has in the can. Um, granted, at various points of production, certainly various points of post-production, but it occurs to me, Pete, maybe there's a hurry up to be like, you know, for example, you have Ironheart completely done. Maybe you're working on special effects. Well, gee whiz, Pete, special effects are not necessarily um dependent on the script which is to say you want to go from a to b to get the cat out of the tree that sort of thing but you could do it in a variety of ways in special effects my point being maybe maybe there's a maybe there's a rough cut of iron heart where they've gone back and said we need you to loop this line we need you to come in and green screen we need you to costume whatever it is maybe they have packed out the writing of that and all that's left and i shouldn't say all but you know the special effects can be worked on. And it's not necessarily a story thing to say, make the cat in the tree, make the tree bigger, make the this. That's not necessarily a story script thing. But they have Ironheart in the can. They have Loki in the can. Although, Pete, it appears, let me be this way. The whole Jonathan Majors altercation with a woman 
initially seemed bad then his response was no and his, the response to his people no it's not a big deal now the charges <laughs> seem like a big deal etc it could be pete that loki and loki may have some some damage as a result of you know jonathan major's fallout and all of that but loki's in the can ironheart's in the can echoes in the can what if season two it's been forever and a day since we've thought about that um, I believe Agatha is still shooting and Daredevil yeah. is certainly shooting. But point being, <laughs> point being, from the point of view of Marvel, if there's going to be kind of a necessary slowdown of Marvel stuff because maybe we need to decrease quantity and increase, you know, in- increase interest and so forth, well, if that's going to come part and parcel with a writer's strike. Well, they've already slowed down. So it's just an interesting, it's a really interesting place to be. Well, knowing what, we know now an announced date whether they stick with it or not we'll just have to get there to see uh seeing this second trailer and confirming quite a bit that had been whispered about to this point i have to admit pete my first reaction seeing this second trailer was um i remember a lot of this stuff from the first trailer much of it evocative i mean love the scene and they've been right to have it in in various ads now but the scene in which talos apparently is having some sort of uh confrontation with i believe it's the kingsley benadir character um and it, you know it's kind of like we're in the middle of the restaurant room and now you know fists up but wait there's kingsley benadirs everywhere wonderful moment here but again a lot of it kind of hit for me as like yeah that's the thing i remember from last time and i'm still excited but am i more excited maybe not bringing in the idea of the snap and nick fury's return i love the use of another grave what could be going on there um and to get Olivia Coleman's special agent Sonia Fallsworth to really kind of drive the trailer after that, you know, these wars that have been fought and obviously the scrolls, their nature. Matt, what's going on with uh Kingsley Benadir's character at the end, Gravik, uh, with a Groot arm? Look, to me, it all comes down to this. The hallmark of Marvel Studios has been, let's all say it together, hashtag it's all connected. And the comic run, you know, what was so key to the Marvel Comics universe and all these big, you know, comic stars and all that. Sure, Groot armed this. How does it, to me, the bottom line is, how will this show connect to other properties which maybe is an unfair question because can't we just focus on these characters in this story arc maybe it's just the kind of exponential success of the mcu where it's like how can the stakes of this be big enough to count alongside the other stories that have had big stakes but it's this is not avengers colon secret invasion it's a six episode tv show and the tv shows have been big but they haven't been movie big it's not you know mandalorian is a cultural equal to some of the star wars movies it's 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 smaller scale and i feel like that's the that's the challenge that this show has to deal with super scrolls maybe uh it could be i mean if they're not going to dig 
ultra deep into the mystery of, you know, is Thor a scroll? Is this, is that the way it was in the comics? Then I guess, I mean, the threat will have to come from somewhere other than, you know, like Telos was a nice scroll guy, right? I mean, we spent the first half of Captain Marvel going, oh, he's trouble. And then we find out he's a refugee dad just trying to get by in this universe. So yeah, I guess we need something that is something that is worse than that. I don't know that Ben Mendelsohn's Talos survives this series. That would be a shame because I feel like this series has been coming forever, which again is part of this, you know, this yin yang thing in Marvel, which is when is it that we found out scrolls were here, like here, here, you know, it was Spider-Man far from home. It was, it was, you know, the second movie. And I get that there's COVID to a point that slowed things down. I mean, similarly, you know, the very end of uh, WandaVision, uh, you know, help is needed up there, says the scroll lady. And is that up there, Secret Invasion? Is that up there, the Marvels? Is it both? You know, um, I, again, just I feel like this show has been so such a long time coming. It kind of better be the end all and be all because we've been thinking about it for a long, long time. Uh, hearing really good buzz about it. Um, confirmation through the captions as well that Amelia Clark is playing uh, Gaia, and that is Talos's daughter, seen of course in Ms. Marvel. Uh, which is a nice kind of time update. I think it's, I mean, everybody knows Ms. Marvel, uh, oh, pardon me, everybody knows that uh, uh, Captain Marvel takes place in uh, the 90s. So to get the update of the character all these years later and so forth, that's fun. Um, again, Pete, I don't mean to sound negative on this show. Maybe maybe there is just that air of, you know, the Fiji has no clothes. Let me take a page from our Mandalorian discussions. Are you telling me, Pete, that they got Amelia Clark in order to cover her up in latex so you can't recognize her as Amelia Clark? I mean, I know she can be human sometimes and whatnot, but are we really going to have Amelia Clark caked in latex so you can't recognize perhaps the most, the second, the first or second most recognizable face from the biggest show in the last 15 years? I mean, when she needs to be. Um, I think too, like, you know, we've we've talked about uh, Don Cheadle playing Rhodey here and the odds on favorite to be the one that's been simmed. Um, I'd completely forgotten that Martin Freeman was in this show. I mean, it's this is a stacked cast, you know, Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, Kobe Smulders. Um, Kingsley Benadire, a bit more of a newcomer, but Amelia Clark, Olivia Coleman, Don Cheadle, Martin Freeman. Um, and that's before you get to your Dermot Mulroonies and your Christopher McDonald's and some of those familiar faces in smaller roles. Um, it's a it's an amazing cast. Um, you know, I mean, is there going to be that through line? I mean, I know we saw, which which I'm sure there will be. I mean, we saw. Martin Freeman's Everett K. Ross, uh, you know, as recently as Black Panther, Wakanda Forever in November. So to go from November to June, okay, there's some momentum there. Again, I just feel like there's, I feel like somehow something happened, something snapped in our world where the MCU has lost some of its 
cohesiveness and that places even more pressure on the individual shows to kind of internally rock if they're not connected to the larger story in a really substantial way. I know we both enjoyed Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. I think it'll get a pump from hitting home video between now and when Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 hits, which we got our tickets for today. The full um, uh, mixtape soundtrack of all three films including all of the new pop songs. I had to clear that up for Matt, uh, you know, before we turned our mics on uh, for you guys today, that it's not, oh, hey, say goodbye to this character track or anything like that. No, 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 not the instrumental, uh, merely the, you know, soundtrack uh, has hit. So you have that a month out now. Uh, I think there's plenty of, cause for optimism uh i see obviously with some of the obstacles and this diminished uh box office take on ant-man and the wasp quantumania i get it um still think that film accomplished what it set out to do and was successful to do that we've been talking how guardians will probably be the biggest film of this year so they're heading into that and to have secret invasion on the other end of it, uh, I think makes a lot of sense. And uh, Loki, the only other show confirmed for this year, as they seem to want to go uh, two to three movies, two series or so as kind of a template moving forward. Is the victorious Alonzo stuff concerning? It is. Uh, because this is a woman that had a dynastic run with this studio, and that cannot be ignored, regardless of people's feelings about her. And the idea here that uh, given permission to work on Argentina in 1985, and then the way it kind of went down, particularly in the Hollywood press, straddling a weekend and everything like that like it it is fishy and tongues are wagging about it it is also a little unclear i it is unclear as to when she had permission she may have gotten permission after they found out she was already working on it i mean can, can, here's my metaphor pete who's your favorite player right now this season on the new york metropolitan's bases ball squad <laughs> Uh, David Robertson. Okay. When is the next off day for the Mets? Uh, potentially Friday if the home opener on Thursday uh, gets rained out. All right. So uh, if it, I tell it'll push. If I tell you, Pete, on Friday when we podcast, David Robertson has offered to come on the podcast. Is that good news? Sure. Okay. What if I tell you he's going to come on Saturday morning when we do? Uh, when we do The Mandalorian. He's going to do it before game time. We'll adjust. Uh, what if I tell you he's going to skip the game Saturday night in order to be on our podcast? He may have a problem with his employer. Right. Like, And that's kind of the sliding scale here for Victoria Alonso. It, I mean, look, I think we can all say here she is. What if David Robertson was 
uh, an openly gay player. Well, and I think, Pete, that's where it's murky. Like, at the end of the day, or rather, at the beginning of the day, um, at the beginning of this thought experiment here, Victoria Alonso was a contracted employee of Marvel Studios meant to work on only Marvel Studios stuff. It appears she started to work on this passion project, the lovely Oscar-nominated film Argentina 1985. She from Argentina. But then when her employer found out, they gave a warning and retroactive uh, permission. And then it was like, but don't work on it anymore and certainly don't go out and do press on it. And then she goes to the Oscars where you know uh black panther wakanda forever is up for multiple oscars and she's there to support argentina 1985 and pete we have talked about visual effects lapses from marvel studios um projects and apparently she was taking days off from marvel studios to go work on this other movie again i think that's where it gets muddy and now was she leveraging some of her some of the wonderful perspective that she brings as like, well, you're not going to ever fire me again. I don't know to bring it back to baseball. If I, you know, if you sit and go, Oh man, the Mets would have won that game Saturday night. If only David Robertson was there, but he was recording with us, you know, at the end of the day, who who's buttering his bread and which, which thing is not um, at the end of the day, it is a messy, messy situation for Marvel studios. That much I know. It can't help but look petty on Marvel's behalf, um, given who Alonzo is as a person, as a producer. I hope to heck it gets straightened out and that, you know, some kind of amicable thank you for all you've done for us acknowledgement can happen here because, you know, it's a super small town. <laughs> It is, and I don't, again, I don't know exactly who to root for here. Is it, is it her as the Maverick, or is it like, hey, we all have bosses, and the boss says, do your job at your job and not do somebody else's job at your job. I don't quite know. I know this, Pete. Um, a, she's been an executive producer on Marvel films since the Avengers, and B, I don't know, maybe DC Films needs a, uh, a uh, president of physical post-production and visual effects you never know um of course it run co-run by uh by uh by james gunn matt let me ask you a question when is the los angeles premiere of guardians of the galaxy volume three i feel like it's a loaded question but i'm gonna forget <laughs> the fact that it's loaded and i'm just gonna say I feel like generally the world premiere is, or generally the Los Angeles premiere is maybe the the Sunday before the Friday it comes out, and then maybe you do a maybe you do a Tokyo premiere, maybe you do a London premiere that's before that. But so I'll say maybe the last I'm doing my mental math here, the last Saturday in April. Are you ready? Sure. It's in 72 hours. What? Is it's that real? Thursday, April 6th from 7 to 10 p.m. Absolutely. That's strange. Well, That's I mean, really it, it strange. makes the sense of uh, here's the soundtrack a, a month ahead of time, which I got to tell you was, all right, huh, that's weird. Okay, it's the last one. Make a big deal. 
they're going on this international uh, press tour, but uh, it kicks off in earnest in L.A. on Thursday, April 6th, uh, three days from now. I mean, does, let me ask. Look, I know I you're. I know you're going to watch. Going to keep a lid on that. Yeah, I know you're. You're going to watch this show because we podcast. You're going to watch this show because you're. You're interested in the property and so forth. Are you going to be more excited on Easter Monday because there was an LA premiere, or are you going to be the same? Like, 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 what kind of hit is that versus like? I'm excited to go see this things in th- this thing in two weeks. I know it's not literally two weeks, but I'm excited. But now, here's the stars looking amazing. Oh man, I wonder what they went to go see. You know, I don't. I, that's a that's well, a strange James, decision. James Gunn's schedule is increasingly crowded, and I have to wonder, you know, how much of this is accommodation, how much of this is. Let's get it done. How much of this is, hey, yeah, that movie we just put out in February and a lot of people's eyes underperformed. Uh, banana, banana. Here's no. Oh, that's go. a good. That's a. Uh, so l- let me respond to to both your points there. First is, I know there was this like you know effective November first. James Gunn will only work for DC. All right, hold on. I guarantee you, <laughs> exactly. James Gunn had. <laughs> I guarantee he has a contract from Guardians 3 that says do things like deliver the deliver the final cut in conjunction with studio executives. I guarantee he's required by contract to do red carpets and a certain level of promotion. And is there in town in Los Angeles, you know, we'll play ball with you? Sure. But it's not like they're all of a sudden they're going to go. James, I don't know what to tell you. DC said that your swipe card doesn't work at Disney anymore. Like, like. So, so that let's not that you were here, but hey, hey, Hollywood press and, and all that. Let's take that down a notch. Second, though, Pete, I love this idea that they want people talking about the awesome, amazing Guardians of the Galaxy movie that reminds you of the other awesome, amazing Guardians of the Galaxy movies because Marvel makes only great, awesome, amazing movies like Guardians of the Galaxy. Do not look back at Quantumania. That I think is a G that to me, that explains it. They want people spending next month going Chris Pratt looks so happy in the thing. And he's there with Schwarzenegger's uh, daughter. Who's now his wife. That's what they want you thinking of. Not, you know, not the fact that quantum mania underperformed. I mean, we'll be watching the Mario movie that night. And to think that Pratt's got both, you know, won the press premiere for, uh, Guardians Volume 3 and 2, what is rapidly seeming to become uh, a, a big hit in Mario Brothers, despite the fact nobody seems to be a fan of him voicing, uh, you know, Mario, uh, is an interesting look. I think his Mario voice is going to be just fine. Um, and coincidentally they've already done the mario red carpet so i guess things work out well in terms of pratt's availability um time will tell for for all of this i mean people have even wondered pete is the pendulum now swinging back to dc and you know james gunn just in the last couple days has the quote you know that essentially saying again there is no marvel versus dc a great avengers movie 
does not take away from nor add to a great Superman movie, Batman movie, and so forth. Um, but you know, Pete, we could be in, we could be at the November premiere of Marvel's just like that before you know it, saying Guardians was awesome, Secret Invasion blew our minds, Loki was fantastic. They worked out the Jonathan Majors legal issue, and everybody's satisfied with that. And you know, everything could be could be peachy keen again. Uh, in the interim, you know, there's there's intrigue and uh, and questions and all that. We're just going to have to see how it plays out. But in the interim, Matt, we will be here to bring you all the scoop on Marvel. Uh, we'll be bringing you Guardians of the Galaxy. Once that hits, we'll give you those dates uh, that we'll be podcasting that soon. Uh, still trucking along here on Star Trek Picard with just three episodes remaining of the series season three and uh the mandalorian over there on the star wars side and all of it all of it made possible by the people of uh fantastic geek who get themselves to patreon.com yes pete our eternal thanks pete whether they are humans or uh scrolls or anything in between our thanks uh to those who go to patreon.com slash fantastic geek keeping us listener supported keeping our our modest little endeavor chugging along there and pete let's keep this marvel conversation going not just secret invasion sizzle is the sky falling for the mcu thoughts as we count down to guardians of the galaxy volume three how can people be in touch with you on social media you can find me on twitter at peter p-i-e-t-e-r-j-k-e-t-e-l-a-a-r 12,827 followers can't be wrong and while i'm personally on twitter is looking back lost do be in touch with the podcast comment on fantasticgeek.com check us out on twitter instagram and gmail where we are fantastic geek as well but wait beat there's more facebook.com slash fantastic geek with the ph all one word like it today for those listening on the pop culture podcast feed we're we will be back on star wars saturday talking about the latest chapter of the mandalorian we will then continue with star trek sunday with the latest part of season three of star trek picard uh and who knows what other you know delicious uh geeky goodness might happen along the way with that pete I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. Talk to you soon.